You're listening to a message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. It's nice to be here with you. Um, How many of you guys brought your Bibles? I love it. You could break those out right now if you want. Um, Page or pixel. Let's turn to Psalm 133. And the words will be on the screen as well. Um, But uh, I'm going to try and bring my Bible all the time because sometimes I'm just reading off of this screen. But your Bible is awesome. And we get to study it every week. Just like we get to worship. We got to take communion. It's been a great Sunday. I feel like I could just close in prayer right now already. All right. Let's read. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Isn't that good? It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard. I love a good verse with a beard because I could grow one by dinner. (laughs) Running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I love that psalm. Um, That is a picture of Mount Hermon. I don't even know if I'm saying that properly, but has anyone ever been there? Okay, what's interesting about this, this is in the northern part of Israel, and it kind of borders with uh, Syria and Lebanon, and uh, there's a ski resort there. You can go to Israel and go skiing. Uh, it's about like a little over 9,000 uh, 9, feet high, and uh, some people say that like while skiing at certain parts, you can look over and see people with like AK-47s and stuff because there's just war happening all around it. Um, but... This is the place that the psalmist is talking about, and what's interesting about it is that uh, the land all around it is incredibly fruitful, and they say it grows some of the largest grapes, and that's because the air from up top and the elevation that's that's very cold um, hits the the warm air of uh, the Mediterranean, and when those two different pressures and climates meet together, the, the atmospheric, like the water in the atmosphere begins to like seep out. And there's this dew that runs off the hill and it perpetually keeps snow and it, and it, and it makes all the land around it just very vibrant and fluid. And I, I love that metaphor because it's when two very different things come together that something beautiful happens. And, and it's very life-giving. And uh, we're, we're in this study of Romans, and Paul is writing to these people, and there's a lot of differences within the church. And he's writing to these people who are living in a world superpower at the time, um, and there are people from a variety of backgrounds, uh, a variety of faith backgrounds, faith histories, and they are being invited to be unified. Um, and, and Paul's talking about 
just that and, and why they should be unified. And so I think there's so much for us that we can learn. And, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for us as a church um, when we are unified and, and what that means for our ministry and, and for everything. So in Romans, the first 11 chapters, if, you, if you're just joining us, we've been in a series for the past few weeks. And I think it was three weeks ago we started and we just talked about the first 11 chapters. I tried to summarize all of it. And basically what, what Paul does is he talks about the gospel. And he says that, you know, he lays this out a very elaborate way of, of saying that Jesus is this king and uh, through his death and resurrection, we have salvation. We have new life uh, to anyone who believes through faith and we receive grace. We receive the Holy Spirit. He talks about life with the Spirit. And then in Romans 12, where we've kind of been camping out for the past couple of weeks, there's this big therefore. Therefore, because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done, here's the implications. And so we've been really talking about what this means for our lives and uh, what, what we should be doing. And, and Peter talked about it a, a couple weeks ago of we're, we're supposed to be living sacrifices. We're supposed to be uh, people who are examples of this throughout our world with every aspect of our lives and uh, our whole selves are, are a part of it, and we're supposed to be transformed uh, by the renewing of our minds. There's this new way, there's this contrast between the world and, and, and God's way, and, and I think we all know that there's a way in our world that is very broken and painful, and then there's what God invites us into, which is something different, and so because of the gospel, we're supposed to be transformed, and we're supposed to be looking different and acting different. And we are transformed to know God's will and that we are one body. We're one body. Peter talked about this a little bit last week, that we're this new community. Um, and, and Paul uses this imagery of a body to say that we're, we're all together. We're, we should be unified in this. And, and then we have goals. We have things to do. And we have roles within the body. And today we're going to talk about some of those roles. You know, some of us are eyes and and, and can really see what's ahead and, and can see the road and maybe warn of danger. And some of us are feet in this room who are, you know, uh, strong and durable and tough and, and, and take us in a, long, in, a, in a big direction. Some of us are hands who are just workers who are doing a lot of good things. Some of us are like an appendix. We're not really sure what you do. And once in a while, you flare up and cause a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not an appendix. I hope not. Um, but we're one body. And so I just want to reread uh, verses 3 through 8. And then, and then I'm going to touch on just a few things that Peter said. But I want to spend a lot of time kind of talking about uh, some of the gifts that God equips us through his grace um, for the, the work of the ministry and for our, what we're supposed to be doing here at our church, okay? All right, let's read. Uh, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Or prophecy. Uh, prophesy, I think. In accordance with your faith, if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What does Paul say? This is what Paul's saying. Every believer has a gift from God's grace to build, strengthen, and unify the body of Christ. What are your gifts? What are your gifts? Are you using your gifts? And what is possible if all of us used our gifts? All of us have a role. Every believer has a gift. I think this is really important. Every believer has a gift. And, and that comes from God's grace. There's something that happens that is a bit of a mystery. Now, as we talk about the gifts, I just want to just also mention, I will not be able to cover everything that the Bible talks about with gifts. And if you've been around church circles for more than three months, you know that this can often be a little bit of a controversial topic. Um, I, I'm, I just want to spend time talking about what Paul says and, and just foundational things, um, but there's always more to be said about this and always more that we can grow and talk about. So, um, but what's key is that every believer has a gift. What, what is a believer? If you believe that Jesus is Lord, then what Paul says is, the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, um, when he's talking about gifts, he says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, you can repeat after me, Jesus is Lord. I don't know if that's what he means by saying. I mean, like, if you are, if you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus Somehow the Holy Spirit's doing that within you. So that means the Spirit is within you. And if the Spirit is in, within you, he goes on, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. One of you may have one gift, one of you may have another one, but it's the same Holy Spirit who's distributing them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, everyone, that's everyone, not some of you. Everyone who believes Jesus is Lord, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. God has given, God has given you a gift by your relationship with him for the common good, to do something. So you're a gifted. You have value. You're important. You have a role. You have a role. And it's important because you have a role and because you're gifted that you know your gifts. 
You, you, sh- you need to know these. And, and for some of us, you might be developing them. Some of them, you, you, you may be unsure. Some of them, there may be, it may be just very clear to you. Some of you maybe have put your gifts on the shelf and haven't used them in a while. But you are gifted and we need you. We need you. Every, every part of the body has a little bit different of a role. And so we need all of you. If, if, part, of a, if part of your body fails, that, that, that creates a challenge, right? We need everyone involved. So what does that mean? You make us better. You make us better, each one of you. If you're a believer in Jesus, God's given you something that he's only given you, and you make us better when you're here and when you participate and you give that. What else does it mean? It also means, uh, I heard uh, another pastor say this, and it just resonated with me. Because you are uniquely wired and have a unique set of gifts, that means that there are people that only you can reach. There are people out there that only you can reach. And so we need your gifts, okay? And so as we study the gifts, what does Paul say? Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Paul really wants to harp on this idea of being humble. Humans have a weird way of glamorizing certain positions in the church, certain just positions of people throughout the world. And we tend to worship certain gifts, and we tend to put more emphasis on certain gifts. And and what that can lead to is maybe you thinking you're better than you are, And it also makes other people feel like they are less because they don't have that type of gift. That is not what Paul wants. Paul is saying, hey, no, no, no. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Don't worship the person who talks for 30 minutes. Don't worship the person who, whatever the gift is, okay? So that's, that's number one. Second thing, think of yourself with sober judgment. God's giving you some gift. Now, if you're not happy with that gift, take it up with God. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm not the one who puts in the request form. Um, But also, like, you need to be honest with yourself. Because I, I think, you know, there was a time when I was like, man, I want to be a worship leader. And then... I had what I would call the American Idol effect of realizing that is not my gifting. Okay? And each of you may want something and may, for whatever reason, and you need to process that. You need to process that. But if you can have an accurate assessment of who you are, it will make an incredible impact in your life. Okay? All right. So... How many of you have a cell phone? Pull it out. Or if you're taking notes, you can take notes, but I want everybody, everyone in our church to have some device of taking notes as we go through this next little section of talking about the gifts that, that, that Paul talks about. And uh, uh, so a couple things that I want us to do right now in this time is that I'm going to list the gifts and I'm going to talk about them a little bit. 
And specifically, I'm just going to camp out in Romans. I'm going to show you all of the gifts that are listed in the Bible, and we'll talk briefly about it, but we're going to spend most of our time in Romans. And so I'm going to give you some characteristics of it, and then I might give you an option of what that might look like, a place to use that gift. And if you are, if you, as you're going through that, you may have, th- these are your options. No, no. I don't, I, that does not speak to me at all. Or maybe, I'm a little unsure. Or yes, God's tugging on my heart. That is my gift, and I should use that gift in some capacity. Okay, and I want you to share that with your friends, family, and your community group. Okay, now, without raising your hands, how many of you already know what your gifts are? Without showing your hands, your gift is not listening. Okay? How? Okay, some of you know what your gifts are. You're, you're free to go. Um, what I want you to do is as we're going over the gifts list, I want you to think of other people you know. And I want you to affirm them in that. I want you to encourage them. So with each one of these, a name might pop up to your head. And, and if you have someone in mind, then this week, you should reach out to them. Okay? Reach out to them and say, hey, I see this gift in you. I feel like the Holy Spirit has moved in you in this way, and I want to affirm you. Some of you are leaders. Maybe you need to shepherd someone in that to harness the full ability of what God has given them. Okay? Are we clear? You guys ready? You got your phones out? Okay, I'm this one I want you to listen to, okay? Here is a list of all the spiritual gifts, okay? Those are three main passages. You should go and look at these at another time. I'm only going to spend time really in Romans. Now, if you know these passages really well, you will see that I eliminated some of them that are duplicates, but I tried to just name all of them that I found, okay? There's a lot. Now, is this all of them? Is this the only way that God gifts you? I, I don't know. It doesn't say. But I imagine like when somebody writes a beautiful music piece or, or God does something incredible like, this is a key phrase, okay? The Holy Spirit is a person, not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person with a lot of power. So it's not something that you just harness and, and manipulate. It's a person. It's, it's, a, it's, it's another Jesus that is working in your life. So, so not only that, I think the person of the Holy Spirit might give you one gift one day and might, down the road, 15 years later, give you another gift because the purpose is to build up the body and equip the body, okay? Now, we'll move on. Let's talk about the gifts that we find in Romans. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Without raising your hand, how many of you guys would say you have the gift of prophecy? How many of you knew I was going to say that? (laughs) What is prophecy? Prophecy is, is, I'm just going to give a cheap it's, it's so much more complicated than this, but a, a foretelling, a, a revealing that 
the reality is we believe here that God speaks. And to some people, he speaks very clearly. And so sometimes in our church, like if you were here last week, we had a couple people get up and say, I feel like God has something to say today. But Peter gave a little bit of a word just a little bit ago. That is a reality that we believe in. God speaks, and God wants to encourage and build each other up through people who have a great sensitivity to what God is saying. I also want to add, that can be a little mysterious and a little, kind. it's just mysterious. I'll say that. It's a nice way of putting it. If you're going to invite someone to church, we just want you to know that that might be a conversation starter. It is not a reason to be ashamed or scared of anything, but if you invite someone and something like that happens, have a conversation with them. Maybe you can prepare them. Hey, God speaks and God moves and it's, it's powerful. And when somebody gives you a, a prophetic word from God, it is like God is just hugging your soul in a weird, awesome way. Okay? Now, with that, what does Paul say? Prophesy in accordance with your faith. The whole idea here is within the measure of what you've been given. Why do some churches run far away from this type of thing? Because people don't just say what God gave them, they say what they want as well. Oh, God is up to something in your life. God wants to comfort you in the next week, and he wants you to wash my car. <laughs> Literally, God told me that he wants you to wash my car. No, like that's a dumb example, but that is, I, I think we, we struggle with that because, gosh, you're listening to me. I'm a, a mouthpiece for God, and where do I end? Where do I begin? God, give whatever God gives you, share that. Don't share anymore, okay? That's just what Paul says. Um, if this is, if you're resonating with this, you should consider serving on our prayer team. You should consider using this in your community groups. I'm not saying we're going to let you on the prayer team. I'm just saying you should consider it <laughs> with all of these. These are invitations to apply and, and, and a further conversation. But talk to Peter, talk to our elders, say, I feel like I have the gift. And we have, we have some incredibly prophetic people that could work with you on this and help you to kind of understand what you're experiencing and then use it to bless other people, okay? It's one option. Next, if it is serving, then serve. Now, sometimes I wish I, I, like, I, wish I had more of a gift for, for serving, but I, I, we're all called to serve, okay? But this is like specifically for people, maybe you don't like to be in the limelight, maybe you love doing just really uh, strong tasks, you just like, you, do you like helping people move? <laughs> That's a, this gift might not be for you. <laughs> Some of us do though. And this is so important. This gift, the gift of helps, there are certain things that are not as glamorous, but we would be nowhere if we didn't have you right? Uh, there's a man standing in the back on the ones and twos. Ted, he is a servant, right? Todd McNeil, who's, who's walked, you just walked in right now. <laughs> He's receiving your praise. 
This guy's a servant. You're a servant. But you're not prophetic, so don't come up here. What, what, what am I doing? He called my name. I was walking by. Go sit down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but Todd serves. Okay. This is this is a huge aspect of we need you, and 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 we we it's it's so valuable. So, um, yeah. Maybe it's set up. Maybe it's tear down. Maybe it's helping people move. Like, be willing to serve. I don't know. There will be opportunities. Um, vacuuming, cleaning, just little things like that seem so unimportant are so important. And that's just one little bit. It, it could be helping an old lady across the street. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways to serve. Okay, let me move on. Sorry. If it is teaching, Todd, you really messed me up right there, bro. I was in the, I was flowing. Um, if it is teaching, then teach. Are you good at communicating? Um, do you enjoy helping others understand the scriptures? I, I, we, we would love to foster more teachers. We have opportunities in kids' ministry where we need teachers. We need people who love and can articulate the scriptures and are willing to take the time to teach them to kids. Okay, we need, we need Bible study leaders. Or we need community group leaders. If you're a good teacher, it would be very helpful for you to be in a group. Okay? There's a lot of different options there. And we'd love to, to help harness that. Come talk to me. Come talk to Peter. Um, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Do you see other people's qualities? If you look at someone and you say, gosh, I see you're good at this. Encouragement goes such a long way. I mean, encourage kids. Encourage your neighbor. Encourage your spouse. Encourage your family. Like, we should all be encouraging each other. We're, we're called to encourage one another, but you might have a special gift where you see people in a certain way. Then use that. This might be prayer team. Again, maybe it's a great time to, to, to be to. Join the, the team of people that are up here. Maybe you just need to write notes. There are six volunteers who are spending once a week at least with our youth. And maybe if you're an encourager, write them a note. Stay, say, youth team, I think you guys are awesome. And write them a note every single week. It's just one option. Or maybe you could be a part of a welcome team. Maybe if you're an encouraging person, you're probably pretty friendly you know, we, we want people who are the first, we're, the handshake of people who are coming into our community. There's lots of places to use that gift, okay? If it is giving, then give generously. Do you have the gift of earning potential? <laughs> this is not my gift, <laughs> Does that mean that if I don't have this gift, I don't tithe? This is not what Paul's talking about, okay? Everybody has something that, that we respond to God with, especially if you're a part of this family. What this is, is above and beyond. God has blessed you. Hey, my hunch is a lot of you in here in, who are living in South Orange County, and I mean, I think the cheapest house in San Clemente is over a million dollars. You're a millionaire, how do you feel about that? Now, 
no guilt, no guilt. But I know that some of you really have been blessed. What will you do with that? Maybe there are missions that you need to support. Our church is so generous with missions. I'm so proud of our church. Maybe there's a parachurch organization. We partner with the pregnancy care clinic. What would it look like for some of you who have more than you can ever spend to make sure that the pregnancy care clinic never has another bill in their life that they have to worry about? I don't know if God's telling you that, but God maybe gifted you to do something like that. Maybe you need to help plant churches. Maybe you just need to listen to God put people on your heart. I had a friend this week tell me a story. It's awesome. He said, a friend of mine, I'm changing the names to, to protect the innocent. He, he had a, he had a, a friend of, of his who's going through a huge struggle with uh, a, a sickness. Um, and uh, the, his friend's wife has been sick. And this has caused him to not be able to work at different times. And God said, you need to give him this amount of money. I don't even know how much it was. And then he forgot, and then the next week, God told him again, just put a hard impression on him. You need to give him this money. So he called his friend and said, hey, man, I want you to come down. And these guys are like tough. They're not head on the bosom kind of guys, okay? <laughs> and, and he gave it to him, and he said his friend just broke down in tears and said, dude, this is exactly the amount that I missed by not working this week. Like, that's amazing. That's amazing. But that's, if, if he didn't give generously, he wouldn't have experienced that, okay? If it is to lead, do it diligently. Do you find yourself in positions of authority? How many of you guys have a lot of direct reports? How many of you guys are, are, are you know, uh, lieutenants and, and captains and, and chiefs? And, and managers, like, you, that may not be all of us, but if you are a leader, leadership is so important. Great leadership defines the culture of an organization. Well, you do it diligently. Do it diligently, which means you do it with care. There are many leaders that lead in a way that abuses people and uses people as, an, as, an, as a means to, to an end for their own glory, for their own reason. Run from those types of leaders. Call them out. We want to be a church that has leaders that care for the people. And we're working on it. We're not perfect at it, but we're, we're, we're growing. Okay? Be diligent. Maybe for some of you that means lead a group. How many of you, not raising your hand, are in a group with three or four leaders? then you should maybe consider leading and not taking turns. Just, I'm just saying, maybe. I don't know. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully, showing compassion. This is a good one for the medical field. Doc, thank you for showing compassion on my bloody head that I, I got hit in the head with a surfboard and had to get eight staples. And I had a doctor show me compassion. If you came to me with a bloody head, I would run. 
But some of you love caring for people and can show compassionate to the broken, to the hurting. It doesn't necessarily mean people who are sick, but that may be people who are sick. Do you care for the hurting? Maybe you are being called into missions. Maybe you need to work with the poor. And maybe there's a homeless ministry that you can participate in. I don't know. And that's just the beginning. There are many more ways, okay? A couple things I would say. There are spiritual gift inventories online. You can go lifeway.com. You can just search them in Google. I don't know if they're good. Some of them just kind of seem like personality tests. Sometimes God takes a gift that you have and expands on it with his grace. But other times, it's a brand new gift. So you may not know which one of these is yours until you get out and you start serving. That's where you're maybe, you might have a maybe. But it would be great to talk about it in your group and in community. So you have, you have a, uh, hopefully all of you are in a group of people where you share life with, talk about it with them. And if you feel like you're using your gifts, ask the people in your community, am I using my gift? Could I be doing more? Is, it, is, it, is there a season of shifting in my life? I don't know. Okay? What did you say yes to? What came to your mind? If you said yes to something, God didn't give you that gift for nothing. And what's awesome about it, what's awesome about it is what happens when you use your gifts. I, I believe, I believe that I do have a gift of teaching and that, that, that God somehow has allowed me to speak clearly from time to time, okay? I can remember the very first sermon I gave. I can't remember hundreds of sermons in between, but I remember the first one. And I remember somebody telling me, hey, you're gonna speak. And I remember I taught on Absalom and I remember sitting down at a diner in West LA and uh, I was sitting down actually at a Starbucks right by uh, Santa Monica and Bundy. I can remember it vividly. And I remember reading the scriptures and it was as if God was just speaking to me. And, and I wrote it down and the next Sunday I gave, my, I gave, I gave a, a sermon to junior high kids. And at the end of that, the, the youth pastor came up to me and just with a smile on his face says, you got the gift. And I remember that to this day. And I tell you, I get life from doing this. And you will get life from using your gifts. Why? Exactly. Amen. Right here. Because it's from God. It's you experiencing God's grace. And when you experience God's grace, man, that, that relationship just blooms, it blossoms, something powerful happens. And we have work to do. And we have work to work, work to do. Because as Paul says in Ephesians, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to what? To equip his people for works of service so that, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. We all reach, we're all one body, we're all using our gifts in the right way. 
in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ, the whole measure. We can't do that without you. We can't do that with the servants. We can't do that without the teachers, without the leaders, without those with mercy. We all need it. We all need it. And for some of you, I, want, I just want to acknowledge that one of the spiritual gifts up there is not retirement. <laughs> and I'm not even close to retirement, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. But I know that some of us are worn out and tired and have been there in the season, and, and that's okay. Talk to God about it. But maybe, maybe, maybe God's just nudging you to put in a little more time. I heard a pastor say one time, if you're not dead, you're not done. <laughs> this is the 2003 Lakers. Woo! Don't cheer yet. <laughs> I am a Laker fan, a huge Laker fan. The 2003 Lakers, when they came out with their roster in 2003, I was like, they're, they're going to go 81-1. and one. I mean, they're bound to lose one. But they are going to go, they could go undefeated. They had Shaquille O'Neal. They had Kobe Bryant. They signed the mailman, Carl Malone. They had the glove, Gary Payton. And they lost in five games to the Detroit Pistons. Why? Because at this point, their egos were so big. They had so much talent. They had so much ability, but they did not work as one. And they lost to a team that wasn't as good as them. This is the 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers. At the beginning of the season in 88, they were projected to finish at the bottom. They had very little stars. They had a washed up guy who was towards the end of his career named Kurt Gibson. They had an up and coming pitcher named Oral Hershiser. But they were a team. This guy on the left right down here is walking out of the screen. His name's Mickey Hatcher. One of my favorite players. Just a real character. He was part of this group of the team. They called themselves the Stuntmen. Because they would come in for a play, for they would sub in, they would do whatever the team asked. And, and they rallied around their leader, Kurt Gibson. And, and, and Tommy was sort of just driving them, what are you guys going to do? We can be something together as one, we're going to be a team. And October 15th, 1988, I was sitting in the stands with my mom, my dad, and my sister, and everybody is on their feet when we're down in the bottom of the ninth, and a guy with two bum knees comes up to the plate and hits a home run to win the game. When he did, when he did, Vin Scully, perfect Vin Scully, just waits, lets the crowd cheer, and then he says, in a year that was so improbable, the impossible has happened. That is what is possible here. The impossible. We've had a pretty improbable year, an improbable couple years. 
but the impossible. If we can be one, if we can be a team, what will be our story? What is possible? If each of us uses our gifts humbly, lifting each other up and experiencing God's grace, what could happen? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.